Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? It's time. It's time. It's time. Stay calm. Help. I need somebody. Help. Don't ask me a question. If you don't want to hear what my answer is, I'm going to answer it. Not just anybody. You know I need someone. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of month once again for shock therapy. No, I'm not Nathan Reese. <laughs> he is not with us tonight. We will explain more during the live stream on Friday. But I do have Jay West here with me, and tonight oh I'm goodness. running the show. You're running the show. <laughs> And also, it's your birthday week. It is my birthday week. Yes. Very, very Can I say what your age is going to be? I don't care. Really? Why would I care? I think that's really a great stance. To not care how old you are? Yeah. I mean, I know an age that I would like to be, but I'm definitely not that. Oh. Well, you're definitely saying bye-bye to last year. Everybody stay calm. Just kidding. I get to push the buttons tonight. You do. You are running the board. And ask the questions. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about doing shock therapy tonight because I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not like a, okay, I am kind of a controlling person, but I really like being in control of the podcast. This is true. And the smile on your face right now is radiating brighter (laughs) than any light in this room. I think the more that you've laughed and smiled, the beaker lights of the vent lab lighting is um, like that's increasing. True, but those are like attached to like a magnet or whatever that makes it change. Like every time you touch metal. True. So yeah. And every time you press the weird. button, that's touched to metal. So it's like brightening. And for those of you listening who have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, you check out our live stream. We check have it out. Beaker lights. You even do like a tour on one episode talking about the equipment in the room, the yeah, lighting. Yeah, that's on an episode that everybody can see. That's just... Well, there is at one time. That, that's in like a patron episode. There it is. And there's an opportunity to become a patron. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're doing a shock therapy tonight. Um, so many of you sent in questions. Thank you so much we are for, so glad for that. submitting yes. those to us. We are going to do our best to answer the questions tonight. Nathan Liss. Yeah. And we really miss strange. him. We miss yeah. him being here. But I'm also excited to push the button. So that's positive. And. That's a positive. And Nathan, don't feel threatened by that, okay? She's just super excited <laughs> to be pushing knows buttons. that I like yeah. to push the buttons. <laughs> and they're so colorful. The Roadcaster Pro has got some very nice lighting. And for those of you who don't know what a Roadcaster Pro is, that's our controls with colorful buttons that we use. Okay, so our first question, let's just jump right into it. Boom. Our first question, you ready for this? Okay. My family has an issue with my fiance moving in before we get married. Is that something the Bible talks about? Oof. What says you, Jay Wes? Man, uh, first of all, thanks for your honest question. This is something I think um, that we notice in music, movies, culture. Uh, this lingering thought of it's it's okay to move in together uh, before we get married. I mean, we're we're pretty committed. Um, I think every relationship gets tested by fire in this way. Um, and biblically speaking, yeah, there's a lot of verses that would address this. What is God's best? What is God's design? And the scripture is really, really clear. In fact, just to simplify it, um, when I do premarital counseling, this verse guiding whether they're a Christian couple, non-Christian couple, but seeking, you know, 
what is it that God wants me to do? Because they maybe have some sort of understanding. Here's the deal. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 talks about keeping the marriage bed pure. Like, wasn't that just talking about just being married? Yeah, on the one hand. But on the other hand, what God's best is, is preparing you for marriage. And this question of, you know, is it right or wrong to move in together? When I uh, uh, counsel couples, when we've even counseled couples, uh, one of the things we talk about from the Hebrews 13 perspective is God's best for you to protect your heart and to protect your thoughts and your actions and all those things that just make you, you. And there's this thing that's called robbing your blessing. And that scripture is not meant to condemn or bring harm on anybody, but that verse is liberating to think about the, the beautiful intimacy that takes place between a husband and wife in the marriage bed. And there's something beautiful about that that God doesn't want to see violated. So, you know, when a young couple or any kind of couple, it's like, ah, it's fine. We're just going to move in. We'll make it work. Right. You're going to make it work, but that's not God's best outside of what he's given as the standard. And so there's some safe, cautionary things to be able to respect the Lord and to respect one another. And I remember when you and I were engaged, even though we didn't move in together or uh, we didn't, um, you know, just the we fact. We didn't what? Yeah. We didn't move in together uh-huh. until we were married. <laughs> Thank you. But the temptation there was always in front of us to be like, ah, it's fine, Right. Well, it's just, it's really short selling yourself of the promise. Yeah. The question was, what's really the big deal? Like, like everybody's having sex before they get married. Right. So, and, and that's the issue with moving in together. It's not like, oh, we're going to move in together and we're going to stay in separate breads. No, I'm just going to call your bluff on that. That is not happening. If you are, if you're living together, you're having sex. Yeah. That's really what the the root issue is. Now, have there been couples who were like, you know, this is just our circumstance. We're going to live together, but we're going to sleep in separate rooms or we're not going to touch each other when we're in the same bed. Okay. That's just playing with fire. You're you're lying because (laughs) that is not going to happen. You're a human being. I'm just saying. Natural. Ministry brings a lot of different situations and conversations, but there's been two that's definitely shocked me. One is, well, we've already made a choice to move in together, but we're not in this. Okay, you know what? You're adults. This is between the Lord, but I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, and the one that you've invited into your story to be able to bring you together as husband and wife, you really need to guard this because it sets a tone for the rest of your days. Uh, Because if you're willing to give up, when scripture's being really, really clear on keeping the marriage bed pure, what else are you willing to give up? Just say, ah, not that big of a deal. I, I thought you were going somewhere else with that statement. Um, well, you go cause, there. Because there, there was one statement that you had told me at one point, and it's, if you're willing to sleep with somebody before you get married, then well, you're willing to sleep with anybody. And that was a really convincing yeah. factor for me was, okay, you know, I guess it is a big deal when you think of that, you know, where does it stop? Because every person or most people that you're dating, engaged to, you're thinking, this is the one. But how many people do we know that was engaged to yeah. somebody that that ended up not being the one? Not being the one. Oh. And then you carry that. I mean, carry once it. you've given yourself to somebody else, you carry that yeah. with you forever. And so now this person who wrote this question may be thinking, Maybe. yeah, but we're definitely getting married. Listen, I get it. Yeah. I totally get, it. get it. Also, Elvis is in here with us because Nathan's <laughs> not here and he's definitely pawing for attention yes, and <laughs> wanting to make sure that I have attention. So he's going to be barking at me here pretty soon. I'm just preparing you before it happens. Um, anyway, so like I was saying, 
you may be thinking you're definitely getting married. So, you know, what's the big deal? You're already sleeping together. Why not live together and sleep together? You know what? It, it proves strength in your relationship when you can stand that test. Yep. Like even if you're having sex now, decide, hey, we're not going to have sex until we get married. We're going to stop. And just making that commitment there to each is. other. Yep. Also, you're going to have a you're going to have sex a lot longer in your life than the time period where you're not having sex. That's a great perspective. So take this time yep. where there's not that and just value who you are as a person Boom. without that in your life. Correct. Like that blessing will come and sometimes it be awesome. it'll be irritating because <laughs> I guarantee you yep. sometimes you're not going to want to and the other person is going to want to and that just adds a whole nother aspect to it. Yeah, it, it literally changes you. When you do. And for those of you who have not had sex, but you're considering having sex with your partner, I will tell you, when I worked in a high school, I could look at a girl mm-hmm. and I could tell you by her actions, by her daily interactions, daily. Yep. whether she had had sex or not. Mm-hmm. And my, my determining factor, which I was right on 100% Boom. of the mm-hmm. time, revealed through conversations I would eventually hear from them, but was the girls would stop laughing. Yep. And that shows you something. When you're having Mm. sex out of marriage, something happens to you. You carry a burden that should not have been carried before you were married. Now, for those of you who have already made that decision to have sex before marriage, like we said, making that decision to go ahead and wait. I mean, if you're concerned that that person is going to end the relationship with you because you want to stop having sex before you get married. Yeah. Shouldn't you be questioning whether that person had the right intentions? I think that is a huge perspective shift. And it's a little bit scary because when you commit yourself physically in that way, it's not just physical. It's mental, emotional, spiritual. It is the whole package. And that's when we're talking about God's best because you fear that 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 one thing is the overarching thing that's going to keep you together. When Here's the thing. When you talk about scripture saying, keep the marriage bed pure, there's intimacy even beyond the bedroom that will take place that enhances that experience between you as, a, as husband and wife in a whole greater way. And that's the full blessing of it. And that's the thing is that you're robbing yourself of the full blessing. But here's the deal, like what Rebecca was saying, all of those things, even if you've chosen to engage in sexual activity or sex before marriage is that it's redeemable. Definitely. That, like you can give that to the Lord and he can repair that. Will it take time? Sure. Is it a huge risk in your cognitive domain that you're thinking, well, if I tell my my, my person I'm done until we get married, are they going to leave me? I know that's something of a concern, but you're worth the fight and it's worth the wait to communicate why you want to step back from that area and allow the Lord to preserve that. So when you say I do, and that permits you to experience this full blessing in covenant marriage, now it's not just the bedroom, it's all aspects of the intimacy that you now share with your your spouse as one flesh. That's a whole nother area, but that is a compliment to why God's sustained as a beautiful thing uh, between a husband and wife. So to answer this question quickly, is there a reason why you should not move in together? I'm telling you, you you one, you're playing with fire, two, you're selling yourself short, and three, you're just setting yourself up for more relational collateral damage because when sexual activity is involved, it just 
muddies it, especially outside of the marriage relationship. And there's a lot of other layers of that as far as like other sexual influences or vices or other people and how much they talk about it or whatever it might be. Um, just appreciate yourself, appreciate your soon-to-be spouse, and give yourself that blessing to say, we're going to look forward to that and experience the full blessing. I'm going to tell you that there is not a single person out there yeah. that's ever waited until they got married and then afterwards be like, <laughs> totally regret waiting until I got married. Like, <laughs> it's such a reward. It's such a it reward. Is. And if you can you should definitely do yeah. that. It's worth it. It's yeah. worth the fight for it. I remember there was like three years ago, there was a couple I was doing their premarital counseling, which again, I do that uh, with every uh, couple who's about to get married. I usually do three to five premarital counseling sessions where we cover, you know, commitment, fiscal goals, and physical goals. You know, everything from just communication to uh, just the marriage bed, keep them pure. Anyway, long story short, is challenging them to think in a way uh, this couple um, to appreciate everything they've already experienced because they were kind of coming across like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, that's the problem with engaging in sexual activity is that it lessens the blessing. So don't sell yourself short of that. And again, it's redeemable. Take it before the Lord. Seek him through forgiveness and restoration. He will do that. And guess what? By you making that commitment to the Lord in this area of your life, as you become husband and wife, you will look back and be like, it was worth it to set that aside to then that experience becoming the full blessing. Okay, we're going to take a, a, a sharp left Ew. turn here. That's called a transition if you never see what. If there is <laughs> life on another planet, do you expect... Whoa. That's crazy. Oh, what I, a transition. I wasn't looking at you when, when I was reading that. I thought you, like Elvis had bitten you or nope. something. Okay, let me go back to reading that question again. <laughs> if there is life on another planet, do you expect there to be space Jesus on those planets? I mean, that's a great question. The song that comes to mind that you would probably hear in a contemporary church is God of Wonders, Beyond Our Galaxy. I hate that song. I just, third day, Mac Powell, come on. I'm sure it has Thank a great you. meaning to it. I just don't for like that it. one year that it was so released. Annoys me. I, it's just one of those things. But here's the deal: um, the scripture Romans ten, you know, confessing Jesus as Lord because He is King, He is Lord uh, in heaven and earth and under the earth. I mean, all these things are factors that yeah, the one true God of Genesis uh, one and two, His creative power, His sovereignty, all the galaxies and universes, He is still God and He is still in control. Regardless of whatever new discovery we may find, uh, he is creator God. Okay, so we've been hearing some things yeah. lately about UFOs. Images. Extraterrestrials, which it's 2021 now. So you're okay. like, all right, so I guess this is the next thing. I guess we're going to deal with the aliens this year or UFOs or, or something like that. Um, there was a document that said in the next 180 days, which now I think we're at like day 170, or we're on the countdown, we're on 170 right now, uh, that all the secrets mm -hmm. in regards to UFOs are supposed to be released. This was in that last, like, government package, like the stimulus package, but it wasn't the stimulus no. that was attached to that. Some 5,500-word document, not word, 5,500-page <laughs> 5, <laughs> document. <laughs> anyway, so this was, this was in that document somewhere that... Yeah. All of these secrets are going to be released, and we don't know exactly what that means. No. I have my suspicions. I think it's going to be a bunch of like measurements and speeds and of any 
um, sightings like like they released recently where um, the Air Force had had several encounters with an unidentified yeah. flying object yeah. and there was no confirmation like this is a spaceship being flown by an alien from another planet. It was just this is an object that we don't know what it was. It's like under close watch. Yeah. That's what I think it's going to be. But then have you seen the video from <laughs> Hawaii? This was in Oahu. Gosh. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty so, convincing, actually. Several people recorded this mm-hmm. on their phones, which is something that we have now that we didn't have like back in the 50s when people yeah. were talking about like all these sightings, sightings. and stuff that they mm-hmm. had. It wasn't as easy to get a picture, but now we have our phones on us all the time where we can take picture or video whenever we want to. So several people had recorded this, just a large oblong blue shape in the sky. I've watched several different videos and then, and I've never been like a believer in aliens or life on another planet or anything like that. But this one is like, has me questioning, like, is this actually possible? Well, I guess anything's possible. And given 2020, (laughs) I'm willing to accept whatever's coming next because this blue object, which was massive, by the way, from what you can tell in the videos, ends up crashing into the ocean. So nobody knows what it is. Um, 911 was called and like the flight investigators, whatever they're called, this is totally unofficial reporting here. (laughs) Um, But they said that there was nothing on the radar, no reported missing or late planes, Mm -hmm. aircraft of any sort. But yeah, that this just went crashing into the ocean and... There's lots of confirmation that this actually happened and absolutely nobody knows what it was. But the light was so bright, it was almost like it was almost like the light from the moon. Yeah. But this object was like bright blue. And so now that begs the question. Say we do find out that there's life on other planets mm-hmm. and I know this is like stepping way out there, but you got to think people are probably asking this same question. I think they are. Like if an alien, aliens mm-hmm. arrive on Earth in 2021, um, how do we react to that? And it's going to cause people to really question like, is God real? Or maybe, <laughs> maybe they're going to be thinking, yeah, God's definitely real now. I think Will Smith in Independence Day said it best when he said, welcome to Earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that there's a, a <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to all of our listeners. No, I think everyone's got a story. Right? Oh, okay. righty then. Thank you for that. That everyone's got a story. And I think you bring out a couple of huge factors. Is One, we live in an age of obviously technology, whereas versus back in the 50s, there were these sightings and sightings and reports and these stories. And everyone had a story, but there was like no detailed confirmation. So it leads us to believe that it's not that big of a concern, but what if? And now that we have all this technology, you think, well, is it, a, is it something that's been cloned to look like a UFO? I think we can all agree that UFO is an appropriate term because it's an unidentified object that's flying. So it's flying object, right? So there's I nothing wrong with that. To like a, it's a drone, right? It's got to be a drone. So there's that. The drone, there's, you know, it's not on the radar. Well, I, again, we live in a very tech-savvy age that yeah, may not show up on radar. There's a lot of things that show up on radar, but regardless, life on other planets. Humanity, mankind, has flown into outer space. Now, whether there has been interaction or contact with other life forms, I don't know. 
But here's the thing. Even if a further life exists, the one true God of Lord of heaven and earth, there is none like him. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who sustains life, and you know he's the one that gives life. Oh my gosh. We can still trust him even if so-called quote-unquote aliens existed. For whatever reason, I can't say that they'd have a purpose, but for whatever reason, if that does come to light as a truth, as truth saying these things exist and we've encountered them, we've had communication, okay, there's something to explore there. But right now it's just kind of the unknown. It's unidentified. Um, but it doesn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't keep our, it shouldn't um, shake our faith. It shouldn't cause us to be unsettled like, oh no, so all this time I've believed in this biblical Christianity that seems now to exclude alien life. No, because it goes back to the point of life. God is the one who's ordained and set into motion life. Um, there's a lot to be said about that. And I know we could probably dig a little deeper into that, but that's just a you know front page approach to them. I think a big deciding factor here, if aliens do arrive, is are they friendly or not? If they start attacking us, that's going to go one way. But if they're like here just like observing, then... I guess I'm okay with their presence. <laughs> I just don't see it going well, though. I see that I'm, being like, <laughs> like everybody is going to lose their poop. I'll yeah. probably, I'd probably lose my poop. I think I probably would. <laughs> when you said to me the other day, hey, did you see this report? My mind went back to that story of even my dad telling me when I was a kid, like, okay, back in the 50s, there was this sighting of light. In this part I've of California, like rolled my eyes at these stories. I, like, oh come on, I know. It was something else, right? Which I'm still not convinced. Again, I'm still kind of like right. It's kind of up no, in the air because there's governments creating things that we don't know about. Technology, like Adobe that. Acrobat, Damn exactly. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is being creative with something, okay? <laughs> and it can be very misleading. Um, which again, our culture gets really wrapped up in conspiracy. And it's it's a whew, it's a big red flag. Got to be cautious. You know, our attention on this new subject, if you will, shouldn't take over our attention on our family and the immediacy of our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think ultimately you just say, yeah, God's in charge of this one, yeah. and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is loving God, loving people, serving Christ. Yeah. I'm just going to keep. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. <laughs> whatever happens, whatever comes at me, because it's really hard to say what the truth is right now. Yeah. And we've discussed this a little bit back and forth as far as what is the truth. There's a lot of conspiracy Oof. theories out there. Oof. There's two sides to the election, oh, two goodness. strong, diverse sides to the yeah. election. And then we have aliens. I can't believe I'm including <laughs> alien life forms in this conversation, but you have to ask yourself, what is the truth. How do I know what to yeah. believe? And I think it all comes down to your safe bet is just to do what God is commanding you to do. Yeah. And you, you do you, whatever comes at you, you handle it in the way that scripture tells you to. Yeah. To conspiracies it. keep you confined. They keep you contained and they keep you locked up. But Jesus said, you will, you shall know the truth and the truth will what set you free. So you may do your research. You may do your study, whatever it might be. Don't draw conclusions too quickly based on man's plan or man's agenda. Look at God's plan. Look at what God set into motion and sift through the muck 
because we live in a fallen world. You got If you don't have that biblical basis of we live in a jacked up fallen world, and if we think that, no, we were born perfect and we had this perfect life, but for whatever reason, then I made this decision, then I messed. No, we were born sinners, and the fact that we were born sinners into a fallen world can give a better picture and how we don't buy into conspiracy theories, but we buy into biblical truth and understand that our belief system is what motivates us to pursue truth and not conspiracy. And I'm telling you, even whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, it's easy because of the, the, easy, the ways that we're easily swayed can go either way. And it's just important that you stay connected to God, His Word, other Christians, asking questions. God can take your questions where they're at. Even if it seems like, man, why would I even ask this? I feel like it's just a weird question. No, ask it. Like, it's good that you're sifting through that. And Jesus said the truth will set you free. And again, that's what God wants to do is continue to set us free from the things that bind us. Impeccable timing on this next question here because it's a marriage question. And normally wow. when we get a marriage question, Nathan would pretty much be... <laughs> isolated from commenting on this one so with just having the two of us here yeah we won't be excluding anybody from from this conversation um the, there it, this is a, a two-sided question here or i guess there's two different questions but the first one is what is one thing you would go back and change if you could mm. so we've been married for 20 years and i would say in the grand scheme of things that's not that long Excuse there's me. a lot of um 21 years my love 21 years thank you remember <clears throat> you took me to see george Strait, okay. pure country at the theater oh, on our yeah. 21st wedding that's anniversary. right well, it was during 2020 <laughs> and so that's just all kind of a blur Anyway, if I could go back and change something, it would be that I remembered that this is our 21st year of marriage and not our 20th year of marriage. I'm kidding. That's not the thing that I would change. I'm totally okay with not remembering how long we've been married for. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of senior adults that have been married for way longer than we have that can offer so much more experience and advice in what they've learned. So I feel like we have very little to add in comparison, but... For what we know so far, I think we've often reflected back over the time that we've been married and thought about this question of like, Mm. what's one thing that you would change? I'm going to go first so it can give you some time to think about what you would change. So I need time to think about. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Because I can't be patient with (laughs) with the time that I'm giving you right now. No, you're very kind. If I could go back and change anything, I would have waited to get married until you were done with college mm-hmm. and until I had some sort of education as well. Um, I was 19. You were 21. 21. Yeah. You were in the midst of going to school full time. I thought you were going to say I was in the midst of in huge head over heels in love for you, but that's fine. Go ahead. Because <laughs> they're both true. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> so we jumped in and got married right away. And that was like you just said, we were just madly in love with each other and could not wait to get our life started. And though our parents cautioned us, they nobody did. held yeah. us back from moving forward. I think it was the, yeah, they're going to do whatever they want to do, no matter what we say. And that's probably <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, here's what was so challenging about getting married when we did. It wasn't that I felt like we got married too young. It was that we had some things we needed to get together in life first that I think would have made 
life a little bit easier for us because mm-hmm. you were still in school. Um, you had to work a job. Two jobs. Well, Oof. you did end up having to work two jobs, yeah. but you're, you're working and trying to go to school because I we had to support each other in living together someplace yeah. like we had expenses, which is way more than if you're living at home or living in a dorm or just on your own with roommates, splitting the cost of stuff. Um, and then because we were married, we ended up having a child early on. Like I got pregnant after we'd been married for six months yeah. and I did not have an education and I didn't know a trade either. And so me having a job that paid me a decent amount of money Mm -hmm. definitely did not allow for childcare. And so I could not afford to pay childcare to be able to contribute any income for a family. So I was a stay home mom with no other options. You worked two jobs and went to school full time. Like you were never home. You were up so late studying. Like it was so taxing on you, but it was also taxing on me, even though I was a stay-at-home mom. I'm this young 21-year-old 20 year, mm-hmm. at the time with a child. Yeah. I was a kid trying to figure things out completely by myself. Like, I didn't sign up to be a single parent. Mm-hmm. Now, we made it through. Now, like, on the other side of it, we're okay. Like, yeah. things turned out great. But if I could change it, I would say... You finish your education. I get my education. We save up money in the meantime while we're living at our parents' houses separately. (laughs) My parents, I'm living with my parents. You're living with your parents. Um, Or, you know, we could arrange something else with roommates and stuff like that. Anyway, nobody needs to get Basically growing up. But yeah, yeah. uh, Saving money so that we had something to start with and so that we weren't trying to balance everything at one time. Yeah. Yep. That's the one thing that I would change. I would agree. I think, um, like you just pinpointed the fact that we were trying to play catch up, uh, when really we could have had this plan of just waiting and growth. Enjoy dating each other. Yeah. And becoming adults together and then joining in, in covenant marriage, um, and being stronger. Not that we weren't strong, but we struggled. We struggled a lot. And I'm not talking like just communication struggles because we still had some growing up to do in that. I remember just being so selfish and still am in a lot of ways because I think in my thinking, no, I'm communicating like this and you're not listening. Well, it's not that you're not listening. I'm not communicating at all because we I didn't know how to fight. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. That's a great way to say it. And I think that's one huge important thing that we didn't grow in in our dating relationship was knowing how to fight well. You know, like, not just fight against each other. That's not the point. But what are we fighting for? Now, is it selfish or or is it togetherness that we're fighting for? Because a lot of the times, I think looking back when I was 21 and I'm just maxed out in my emotions with school and work and trying to provide, but I would still feel like I wasn't doing enough. Where does that come from? Well, that wasn't your fault that I was feeling that way. But in my lack of communication, it came across that way. And I didn't know what to do with that. And I think that's something, I don't want to say the word regret, but that's one of those things, if I could go back and redo, I'd want to do that well. Knowing what we're fighting for. Yeah, knowing what we know now. Yeah, it's always. But at the time, we didn't didn't know know that it was going to be any different than it was. Yeah. But now looking back, we know how to fight better because we know each other's personalities. Yeah. 
we know when you need to give the other boundaries space. Yeah. Like I'm an introvert. You're an extrovert. Really? Okay. That's right. new. <laughs> so, but that's something we didn't know. That's something we hadn't that identified was, in the beginning. Yeah. Cause we dated for six months and then got engaged. Yeah. For a year. A so, year. I mean, a year but and a you half worked, of knowing I worked, each other. Yeah. But, um, and, and some of these things, it just, no matter what, you're not going to know it until you're married and, and trying to figure sure. these things out. But, um, something with being an introvert is that I needed time to process. I also need time away when I'm around people mm -hmm. a lot. I have to take time by myself to recharge. And you always thought you had done something, something wrong. Something wrong. If I needed to be alone. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? Why don't you want to be with me? <laughs> and you can see where this is going as a listener. You're like, oh, big mistake right there. Yeah. And I never got it through my 21 to 23 year old head of going, I just don't get it. You would just irritate me. So then I honey, would get honey, angry honey, because you yeah. wouldn't give me that space. Yeah. And so then I'm like running out of energy and I'm desperate. It's like I'm desperate for oxygen or something. And so I'm just That's what like. what it was like ready to attack you, like, leave me alone. I'm about to die. Like, yeah. And so that's something that took us a little bit to figure out, but yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, and pro I think tip from yeah. a 21 <laughs> year marriage, <laughs> figure out how to fight, figure out those yeah. things of what the person needs and space and all of that. And that's fighting well that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's not putting yourself like, well, I'm going to go sleep on the couch because I guess you're no, don't, don't. That's, that's definitely an area of growth you need to grow in. You don't do that. You still fight, but you fight in a way that honors one another. That's, that's gotta make, I hope that makes sense because it's not you're fighting against, you're fighting for the right things. And you know, when I, when I do um, marriage ceremonies, when I do weddings, my goodness, why am I using such big words? Oh, because it's me. Uh, that, when I talk <laughs> about when you're, when you're walking into covenant marriage, when you're committing yourselves to your spouse, you're not just looking at life down you're looking at life outward together like you're trying to figure out things together and you're just better together and i think that's something early on that we just didn't have a foundation on you think well aren't you christian you should have it all figured out well that's not always the case yes we were christian but we're still human beings with struggles and shortfalls and insecurities and like my example of just what do you mean you need time alone what did i do wrong you know here i am just immersed in work in school had nothing to do with me. And I'm telling you, it didn't matter how many times Rebecca would tell me, I still thought at the end of the day, I did something wrong that would want her to withdraw. And I had no idea it was a personality thing. Yeah, and I think I had really low self-esteem when we got married. I had just, you know, come out of, uh, not an abusive relationship, but um, uh, an abusive upbringing. My father was extremely abusive and I hadn't been out of that situation for very long. Mm -hmm. And so my self-esteem was really low and I had some issues that I needed to work through. Um, and with not really having value for myself, I didn't know how to self-advocate for myself That's a good way to either. Say it. Yeah. And you had spent a lot of time away with working in school and it was something that I knew you weren't doing to hurt me. I knew that you were doing it to help our family, mm -hmm. but in the midst of my frustration, I never spoke up about it. Yeah. Like I never shared with you when I was hurting or when yeah. I was struggling because one, I didn't want to put anything else on you, but I also didn't think I deserved anything different. Like, well, this is what I've chosen. You know, this is <laughs> right. what, what I'm going to get. But here's where I, I 
this is what I did wrong there. Not only was I not self-advocating for myself and talking things through with Mm -hmm. you when I was having a hard time, but instead of just letting it blow over, I would act out against you, but not identify why I was acting out against you. It was like, I was upset, but I was just angry, but not telling you why I was angry. And so you would just find me frustrated a lot of the time. Or like I would yell at the kids, like when they didn't even need to be yelled at, like they didn't deserve to be yelled at because I was frustrated with the situation. I would take it out on somebody else. And so that's something that I needed to learn that I didn't know early on that developed over time. I think Zacchaeus was maybe like one and a half or two years old. I'll never forget. It was like a defining moment of clarity where you had one of these moments where you just came to grips with some of the internal battles of like what you just said, your upbringing that just kind of finally came to a place where you felt at liberty to share. And I remember we were, it's in our house in Omaha on Lafayette street. And, um, which was near our first, our um, first, our first home. home that we owned. Yeah. And Zacchaeus, like I said, it was really, really small, but we were just talking one night and I just remember going, what is going on? Like I remember feeling shaken for you because I could tell something was about to come out that I had never heard before. And it was really some of what you just said, but it took time. It took a process and all this time I was putting the blame on me, which was not healthy. When all I needed to do was just be ready for that moment. And I'll never forget in that moment, I was ready. And uh, it was so um, courageous of you to share those things because there were things I hadn't even, I didn't ever heard before. I remember you looking at me just like, what do I do with this? I'm like, it's not what you do with this, what you just did. Like, that's step one. What you just did was significant to your mental, emotional, spiritual health of just coming to grips with whatever it was that the internal battle was keeping you locked down. And it was so eye-opening um and it brought healing and it continues to still bring it because it was such a defining moment we've talked about this other times in our shock therapy podcast about if you've dealt with things that are in your past such as abuse that you need to get help for those things because if you don't they'll come out at some point in your relationships later on and that's a perfect example on of how it came out of me Mm -hmm. and our marriage that there was things that I had encountered um, that I had been abused when I was a child and it came out in ways that I didn't expect it to in our marriage. And that wasn't fair to you, though, you know, you helped me through it. Um, It wasn't fair to you that I just like vomited that all over you. But again, it's all a learning process and something that I had to work through. And I think in tandem with that, and this is just me, and I just remember, you know, growing up as a kid and feeling incredibly insecure about who I was. You know, my brothers, (laughs) I love my brother Greg and Jeremy. They're awesome. But I remember I was like 12, and they're like, you don't even belong to our family. You have red hair. You're adopted. You're from somebody. I mean, I just believed all these things. And I'm not saying my brothers were the fault. I'm just saying I carried with me a lot of insecurity. And I remember my dad kind of joking with you about it. Like, are you sure you're ready for him? You know, <laughs> like, are you sure you want to make the plunge See, into I marriage? I didn't know what, what he yeah. was saying. Like, I didn't get it. And I'm now bri- I do. You know, the, the glitz and the glam and the glow of being young, married. And it's like you get settled into routine. And all of a sudden, some of these past behaviors, attitudes, emotions start coming out. And it's like, whoa. I wasn't really prepared to share this with my better half, with 
with my spouse. And all of a sudden they're like, whoa, where's this coming from? And I was like, whoa, I don't even know what to do with this. But it's been with me. And for whatever reason, it's been masked. And now the unmasking is painful. <laughs> and I think that's something I'm like, I needed to grow up very, very quickly in that. But it took a lot of time. And I think I felt a lot of shame for it. But because God gave us grace, and I guess you could put it back on even just... Are you talking about our daughter? Well, yeah, I will. But I'm just saying he gave (laughs) grace because our focus in the midst of some of those fights and those battles were on him. He redeemed those things and made me stronger because you had a strength that I was craving and you were patient with me. And and you had a strength that I was craving. And and there it was. We met that need for the other person. And that is a, that's the beautiful thing just to kind of go back to even to the first question is the beautiful thing about intimacy between a husband and wife and their communication, because it's fighting for one another in that way. It's not just about the balance. It's about those strengths coming to light and it's, it's building something greater. You could ever even think. Or imagine. And I know we've way expanded on this question more than what it originally was. But I feel like, man, I can't believe how much we've learned over the last 21 years. And I can't believe that we could have another 21 years ahead of us and learn just as much to, to be able to give advice back. But I mean, even more so ask your senior adults, your grandparents and stuff, because I'm sure that they have a world of wisdom over what we could ever offer to you. I can imagine the senior adults that have been married for 50 years, listening to us talk and think, (laughs) Oh, you know, there's so much more ahead for you to learn. Yeah. Being in ministry. And I think this, regardless if you're in ministry in the business world, but when you come from a biblical perspective or an appreciation for the existence of every person uh, that you come encounter and that become meaningful friendships, relationships, as you put yourself in their shoes, let's say it is that senior adult and you're sitting there going, tell me one gold nugget of your marriage that was meaningful that I could learn from in that moment. You got to think about, okay, what if that person's now me when I'm that age, what gold nugget am I going to share is it going to be along the same lines or is it going to be something completely different? Which be- means this, you have something within you that God's trying to refine. Just let him, let him do it, surrender it and watch the beauty of his grace take you through it. Okay. We won't spend okay. as much time on this next question. Maybe we will, but we're going to try not to. What do you think your spouse has done really well in marriage? You may go first. I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That's, that's pretty powerful because um, I think your ability to love well has shown me how to love better, if that makes sense. It doesn't. Your, I think I need examples. Expound on that one, please. When I was insecure in working two jobs and going to school and seeing my grades and all the red letters, if you will, <laughs> all the letters of C minus, D plus, C, you know, my self-worth that I was hiding was very, very low. And I got to a place mentally at times I was like, man, I don't even know if I, do I even deserve Rebecca? Am I going to be able to provide for our family with grades like this? My job performance is slacking because I'm so tired. You loved well. Um, and it shaped me. It changed me. Um, it changed me to think differently. It changed me to think and approach work and school and life in a way um, that was far more better than I could ever think or imagine because 
you were doing out of selflessness. It was completely selfless. Um, and it was everything beyond I even felt like I could even deserve. Um, and it's just, it's just been, yeah, I would say that's just one major example. The other example is being able to, we only need one. I know, but the ability to laugh when I'm fretting or fearing or worried, you taught me to laugh in the midst of those things because ultimately I'm not in control. And when those moments I was fretting or worrying or fearing, you're like, holy smokes. First of all, God's in control. You're not. You need to laugh. You need to laugh this one off. And I need to be showing that. And you've shown me that. So loving well, laughing well, even when difficulties, I don't even understand what the answer is going to be, but approaching it as in that, that God's still in control. I think that's one of my favorite parts of our relationship is how much we laugh. <laughs> like we laugh our way through everything and we tease each other all the time. We take very few things seriously. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of laughter that goes on in our household. Heavy communication. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Heavy communication, which is good to have a lot of communication. Um, talking things through, talking things out, but our laughter. I love our laughter. Yeah. Okay. So it's my turn. So <laughs> I think what I think you did really well in our marriage was encouraging me and supporting me no matter what. Like I look back over the last 21 years mm-hmm. and I think I had some crazy ideas And you supported me and encouraged me. Like, you were basically like, you can do anything. And even if you didn't believe I could do it, (laughs) you encouraged me and supported me. And I think that just meant the world to me. Because even if, like, later on I would look back and I'd be like, that was a crazy idea. But I learned so much through the process of everything Mm -hmm. that I did. And also encouraging me to, like do stuff like even if it didn't include you like encouraging me to to build a life that I loved yeah not that I wanted to choose to do things that didn't include you but like I went to New York with my best friend Beth like that left you to pick up all the responsibilities at home but you like you didn't even hesitate you're like yes go do that And I think, you know, it's something that you do really well in supporting me, but I think we've both kind of been each other's cheerleaders in that way of, yeah, go do it. Go get that opportunity where we step in and we fill that gap for that other person because they're going to have this amazing experience that they get to bring back home and talk about. That's fulfilling. It is fulfilling. It's not that you were... You or I were looking for you just to get out of the house and go do your thing. That's not the approach. It was never that approach. It was, you have this opportunity. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for you. Go and live. And I want to hear about it when you get back. It's not a reluctant, I guess I'll hear about it when you get back or <laughs> don't talk to me about it because I have much fun. No, that's not looking out together. When you support one another, that was, I think that's, I think you're right. It was, I am so looking forward to this part of living. One thing that was really hard when I was a stay at home mom is I never did anything or whenever anywhere except for taking care of the kids, which I understand that was a huge responsibility. And I, I am so thankful that I had our 
that time with our kids when they were younger. Like Formidable. I yeah. wouldn't trade that time for anything. Totally. However, during that time, you would come home with all these amazing stories about like what happened during your work day or with your friends or when you would go on retreats, like you were always going to Florida or California or Texas or something. You were always <laughs> flying somewhere. And I remember like I always supported you in that, but you would always come back home with the stories. And I remember thinking like, I just wish I had a story yeah. to tell. And when I was talking about like how you supported me and stuff, when it was my time, yep. when I started <laughs> working in radio yeah. and I went to New York with Beth and that was like huge. Yeah. And I've gotten to go on some trips with friends and um, have some experiences. Then I'm able to bring those home now. Like, I'm glad that I was patient in that time and I didn't no. complain or throw no. a tantrum or anything like that. But, and I'm glad that I had the time that I had, but with you supporting me to go out and do that stuff and me supporting you to go out and do that stuff, I think it adds value to the no. relationship that you have these experiences outside of your home, outside of your intimate relationship with this other human being that you can bring your joys in your life yeah to this other person, even if they're not things that you're actually experiencing together. I think you just brought another example of how you loved me well, <laughs> is that you would leave me. Like this is like mushy. You, I know. Just well, hey, each other. I'm just trying to think in the back of my mind and the forward thinking of my frontal lobe is that if this helps somebody <laughs> right now, well, praise God. I'm glad that this part of our story could help you and give you some encouragement, but you would leave me these love notes that was loving me well because there was a sense of guilt. I'd go off to another staff retreat or another retreat or conference and all these amazing places and I'd come back with all these amazing stories and not once were you like, yeah, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about how amazing your life was in this. You never did that. You were like, go. I miss you. I love you. Go and make great memories with your friends, your colleagues, and I can't wait to hear about when you get back. That's that's a tangible piece of how you loved well in that one example. It was a little bit selfish because I, on my side, because I remember thinking the whole time, if I support him 100% all of this time, when it's my turn, yeah. maybe he'll support me 100% all the time. And you totally <laughs> did. You totally do. Flowers and that card, that one card that said from Hy-Vee and Olathe, <laughs> I found that one card. It was like $2.99. It says... Your time, your turn. And I was like, that is so fitting because it's your time, sweetie, to go and pursue that career, that education, and it's your turn. It's like a chapter flipped. When I graduated with my master's, it flipped. And it was such a natural flip for you to go and get after it. All those years, they didn't go to waste. All those years were building on to make you not just a better student, but it was making you better and refining you in all areas in as your as your husband, I'm seeing the fruit of all of that, getting to step, you know, see on the sideline together, going, yes, this I is happening. I think I'm seeing another aspect of that makes the pandemic kind of difficult because, as much as I love working from home, I mean, I love working from home. You're also getting to work from home. Our daughter Grace does school from home. I think we all really like it. However, none of us have like outside stories. None of us have stories of like, I did this today that we're bringing think, back into yeah. the house. I think that just hit, 
I think that just hit home for everyone. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and it kind of was that that's one of the missing factors I think we're facing in our homes. I thought about that today going to one of my meetings going, I have something to share when I get home. <laughs> and it that hasn't happened. already like yeah. totally in the know of. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know what my day looks like. I tell you my schedule here's at this meeting and this time. And this is how this is probably going to go. And it's like, oh, but this happened in the conversation. I got to witness this. And oh. You know, I think that's a missing component that we're all facing and navigating because in some way there's a layer of frustration I don't think we've anticipated. No, or that we even realized was or like even realize it. happening. Like literally it's like a light bulb just came on Bing. where I was like, oh my gosh. And like I have these like Zoom meetings with my coworkers staff, yeah. in the morning. And what's weird is like I dread having this meeting because I don't <laughs> want to be camera ready to, ready at 1030. And they're all going to ask questions if I don't turn my camera on. So I actually have to get up. I actually have to get ready and then be ready to sit in front of a camera and go through a meeting, which sometimes I complain about, like how long the meeting is. But it's literally like the only thing that you don't know about that I'm like afterwards, I can't yeah. wait to tell you how the meeting went. And I'm always ready to say, so how was your meeting? It's like this like <laughs> elevated. from the outside? <laughs> and it's like so beyond like what was their backdrop? It was like, no, no, no. How did it go? Were they smiling? Was everyone jovial? Or was everyone- What's the Damn. story from this person or, yeah. you know, there's the one thing that always happens. So did that happen this time? Did you win bingo this time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I have to say, I'm still waiting for Sunday morning sermon bingo. You know, all my, my key I've thought tag about words. it. I've thought about I've it. i thought about my phrases that I use often, how many times I snap my fingers in a sermon or you step back or stand on my tiptoes or almost, almost get lit on fire. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's just, it's an ongoing dialogue. It's definitely an ongoing dialogue. And I think we just discovered something today. So we did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Our time is already coming to an I end. I cannot believe it. I have just enjoyed um, getting just to talk with you. Are you saying you enjoyed doing this more with Nathan not here? I didn't say that. I was Nathan, hoping. It's not true. We definitely missed miss you. you. You could have brought another, you know, another layer, an element of surprise, some insight. Usually I'll say, Nathan, what do you think about that? (laughs) He'll be like, ah, and he goes with it. He's like, that was fantastic, Nathan. The next shock therapy, Nathan will be back. However, However, he will not be here this Friday for my birthday live stream. So sorry. Nathan, he, he schemed up the ultimate plan to get out of my birthday week, and I didn't think he would pull it off. That little stinker did, but... Angel, who is one of our listeners, yeah. gave me this brilliant idea. Brilliant. To stretch it out to an entire birthday month. And Nathan definitely can't scheme his way out of a birthday month. No. Right? That's right. Right? Or am I going to be stuck here I by myself right. for a month? Anyway, for the next week, at least maybe two weeks, um, we will have guests on our live streams and yeah. everything else. <laughs> We will explain the full scoop on Friday. Join us for the live stream. We'll have a special guest here. Rebecca, you make 41 look amazing. Aw, thank you. You I'm actually 42, but you're not. Now I'm 41. (laughs) You you behave yourself. (laughs) 
Well, thank you guys again for joining us thank for you. Shock Therapy. If you have questions and you would like to submit something, yeah. you can always text us 816-787-1511 or email us or I don't, I can't even say what our email is right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, just don't forget to check out the Vent Lab merch. Super cool stuff. Oh yeah. On sale. Oh my goodness. That's mm, coming up. I think it was only through today. Is it today or is it midweek? Wednesday. Maybe it's Wednesday. Either way. We're going to let it We're gonna let it's it impressive. be through Friday. We got a couple items that we've ordered. Um, really like the quality and the color. Yeah, and Fantastic. I don't know how to close this out because usually Nathan's here to say his name. So I'm going to close it out and say thank, thank you for thank you joining us. My name's Rebecca. <laughs> we out. <laughs>